0: Praise God. Get my, I need a stand. I need a stand. Just grab one. Just grab one. <laughs> Hey, y'all, praise God, you're right, praise the Lord, it's nice to come to church and you're not, you know, pastor says, you ready to preach? Well, the Bible said you'll be instant in season and out of season, so I'm ready and uh, I'm thankful for this church, I love y'all, every one of you. And we're going to uh be in revival this this coming month. And uh, there's a lot of you that have not heard me preach. And I, I've already been informed that that uh there's a a ball game that needs to be watched at one o'clock. So <laughs> I'll try to have you out of here at least by one. And uh <laughs> anyway thank you i i i love my pastor let's uh let's have a word for pastor norm right now all right? father i thank you lord that uh, we have such a wonderful pastor and i thank you lord for your strength and your health that you're going to give him right now father he's going through a lot right now and there's one thing that's on his mind is his church father he's a shepherd he's the under shepherd of this church and he's and he knows that he's responsible father i pray that You allow this, your servant, Father, to be what he needs to be today, Lord, to give this, the church, the message that you would have them receive. Now, pray, Father, that you would anoint Pastor Norm, Father, that you would bless him, give him the strength, build his health, heal his body. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. I am going to minister you for a few moments out of 2nd Chronicles chapter 20, 2nd Chronicles chapter 20, and when you get there say amen, if you stand we're going to start with verse 14, Second Chronicles chapter twenty, starting with verse fourteen. You know that every time the word of God was read to Israel, they stood in reverence to God's word. And that's why we stand. That's why a Pastor has you to stand. <laughs> It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly, and said, Listen, all ye of Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid. Say with me, I am not afraid. Then he says, nor dismayed. Say, I will not be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God. Say, the battle is not mine. It's God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jareel. Position yourself. "...stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you." Say, the Lord, the Lord is with me, and He is. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head to, with his face to the ground, and all Judah and in the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord, then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with, a loud, with voices loud and high. And so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Father, in the name of Jesus, I say Thank you, Lord, that you have given this, your servant, the opportunity to stand before your people, Lord, and deliver this word to them. Father, I pray that you would bless this, your servant, anoint him, anoint this service. Let the Shekinah glory of God fill this place, Father, with this word, that they may receive this word and know how to fight in the battle when Satan comes up against them. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Second Chronicles
0: twenty verses fourteen to twenty. Anybody else? Okay. <laughs> the first thing that he says in this scripture, and we can find this in verse fifteen, he says, "Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid." 365 times in the King James Version of the Bible, the the, the word fear is mentioned. And we find that 62 times in the Bible, in the King James Version, we find that fear not is said. And that that, you see, that's a fear not for every second of every minute. God tells us we need not to fear. I think the biggest thing that Satan delivers to us is that fear, whenever we get bad news from a bank or get bad news from a family, get bad news from a doctor, the first thing that goes through our mind, every one of our minds, is fear. Can you say amen to that? I know there's times in in my life, in 2005, when I had a massive stroke, they told me I would never walk or talk again. And a few months later, I had stage 3 melanoma cancer. In November of the same year, 2005, I had a massive heart attack with two blocked orders behind my heart. There was a lot of times when fear could have entered in my mind. But I know that regardless of what happens to me, my my Bible tells me that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Regardless of what you go through. Excuse me a minute. That's driving me crazy. I feel like I'm yelling. I I just took my hearing aid down. When we have, that's much better. When we have fear in our lives, we can't think right. We don't talk right. We don't act right. We We start confessing things that we shouldn't be confessing at all in our lives. Well, I now I just "Oh, I'm going to die now cuz they said I have cancer. I know this is going to happen to me because I can't meet my bills. I know this is going to happen to me. God has promised us over and over again in the word of God that I will supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to ask you something. Do you believe God's word? Is it truth? Does it lie? then what's our problem? Exactly. We are our problem. I tell a story. I know I've told it here before, and, and, and I probably told it the last time I preached. But, but it's, a, it's an illustration that tells a great deal about us. And it was about a tight wire walker, and his name was Moldean. He was a Frenchman. He walked across Niagara Falls back in the, in the early 40s. He stretched a wire across. And he asked the people on each side of Niagara Falls, do you believe that I can walk this tight wire? And they all said, I believe. Say, I believe. believe. Then he got him a blindfold. He said, now do you believe I can walk this tight wire with a blindfold? Everybody said, I believe. Say, "I I believe. Then he got him a wheelbarrow. He said, now how many believe I can walk this tight wire blindfolded and pushing wheelbarrow? Everybody said? He said, now I need a volunteer for the wheelbarrow. He got one, by the way. But see, we pick up the Word of God and we read it and we study it and we say, I believe. I believe. I believe. But even the devils believe and tremble. So what is our problem? We need to do more than just believe. We need to trust. We need to get in the wheelbarrow. Hello? I said, we need to get in the wheelbarrow. If God said it, it's going to happen. There's an old saying: God said it and I believe it. That settles it. Y'all have ever heard that? Well, I've got a new one. If God said it, whether I believe it or not, that still settles it. Amen? So he says, be not afraid. 26 times in the King James Version makes reference to be not afraid. Fear will never change your circumstances. Listen to me. Fear that's tolerated in your life, it means that faith is contaminated in your life. Wherever you allow fear to come in, you contaminate the very faith that you have in God. But however, just the opposite happened. When you have faith, it eradicates fear. I said when you have faith in your life, it eradicates fear. Fear, listen, fear will never, fear will never conquer the enemy. Why? Because fear is the enemy. I said fear is the enemy. And we need to study and know that God is going to watch over our life regardless of the circumstance. We not to go by what we see, we not to go by what we hear, we are not to go by what we feel, we need to go by what God says. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. In Isaiah forty-one, verse ten, it says this, and God speaks to his children over and over again. In his word, when he says in Isaiah 41, he says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not afraid, be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. He says, I will help you, and I will hold you, uphold you by my righteous right hand. He gives you those three. Now, listen, I want you to understand something. When Christ died... Dead, buried, and rose again. When he left this earth, listen to what I'm saying. Now, God is speaking in Isaiah 41. When he left this earth, where did he go? Say it. To the right hand of the Father. I will uphold you by the very name that's above all names, by the name of Jesus Christ. I will uphold you by that name, by the right hand of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. And that's what he's talking about. He knew already. He already knew. In Isaiah forty one thirteen it says, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, telling you to fear not, I will help you. God's telling you this. Listen, you have no need to be anxious. You have no need to fear. You have no need to worry. God says, I am there with you. Whatever battle you're going through, God says, I am going to be by your side. And you have to remember that. When the past couple of years, they found spots on my lung. How many times did I have to go give them a check twice? Three times? Three times. On the third time, second time, they grew. Still prayed, still believed, still trusted. God said, By His stripes we are healed. I stand on that. Listen to me, for a long time, I couldn't walk or talk. I was on a walker. For eight years, I stuttered worse than Mel Tillis. Ask Judy. She'll tell you. She watched me from, I mean, I met you in, right after the stroke in 05, right? And she watched what God has done. Missy has watched what God has done. And for eight years, I walked with a cane, stuttered badly. But yet when I sung or, or preached, God just seemed to take it away. But when I tried to talk, it took, it took me, a, if, I, if I was going to preach a 15-minute sermon, if, if I couldn't whenever to talk right, it would take me 30 minutes. But let me tell you, God is able to do anything and everything. All you have to do is just trust in Him. I, I know the people wish I could you know, still stutter now and didn't talk at all. But that's okay. I asked God one time, "You yeah, let me get rid of this cane, so I, if, if I feel like running in the church, I can run. I haven't run yet, but I will. <laughs> See, I'm thankful for what God has done because I've trusted Him. There's one thing you have to remember. God does not work on your time. You hear me? You pray, you believe, you trust. Don't go about what you see, don't go about what you feel, don't go about what you hear. You trust God. You stand on his word. You speak his word. Now, when, it man, when the manifestation comes about, that's when it comes about. In 2013, the manifestation came about. I, I lost my stutter and lost McCain. Why? I have no idea. I'm glad he did. Uh, you know, I know, you know my, my wife had died the year before. And believe me, I prayed and believed and trusted, but see, I'm not God. I can only see as far as my eyes will let me. God can see into the future. So he knew what was going on. But I stood on the the word on Romans 8, 28, for all things work together for good. And they do, and they have. God has blessed the ministry abundantly has done wondrous things. We've seen, we've seen soul after soul after soul say because of what God has allowed me to go through and be a witness. And God has done wondrous things and I'm glad about that. But see, you've got to do the same thing. And because God is not a respecter person. What, he, what he's done for me, he'll do for, you. he'll do for you. He'll do for you. He'll do for all of us. His thing is this. Trust his word. Trust him. Can you say amen to that? In Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 3, Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 3 says this, But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and who formed you, O Israel. He says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I'm asking you, how many in here this morning is there, are the redeemed of the Lord? Can you say amen? If you're the redeemed of the Lord, say amen. Raise your hand. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. That's who you are. He says, I have redeemed you. I have called you. By name, and you are mine. Hello? How many have children in here? Do you claim your children? I said, Do you claim your children? Don't you know that God claims you? I said, God claims you. And if we, being human, claim our children, and we know that they do bad, and God knows that we do bad, but He still claims us. He said, I. You, I have redeemed you, and you are mine. I've called you by name, each one of you. I've called you by name. When you know what happened there? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall flames scorch on you. For I, the Lord your for I am the Lord your God. That's what He's telling you. That's what he's telling. In Luke 12, verse 7, it says these words. He says, but the very hairs on your head are all numbered, and do not fear. Therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Well, you don't have too many to count there, Robert. (laughs) But the very hair, he knows everything about you. Everything about you. Then the next thing he's telling us, he says, do not fear. Then he says, do not be dismayed in verse 15 again, nor be dismayed, he says. He says God is speaking to us when when we are in the midst of a battle, when he tells us, look, I don't want you to be stressed out. I don't want you to be distraught. I don't don't want you to be in tears. I don't want you to be troubled. I don't even want you to be concerned. Again, he goes back to Isaiah 41.10 when he says, Fear thou not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. That's what he's telling us. He says, I'm there for you. What is faith? What is faith? Anybody? Try. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. That God is going to do exactly what he says he's going to do. Isn't that what faith is? That was fear. Not, trust. Not trusting God, but putting your trust in whom? Trust. That's exactly right. When you don't trust God, who do you trust? Hello, I'm sorry, when you're not trusting God, you know, there's somebody, yourself, that's even worse. God says, trust in me, trust in my word. I've given you everything that you need right there in the word. He said, Don't be distressed, out. Don't be distraught. Don't be in tears. Don't be troubled. Don't even be concerned. He said, I am with you. He said, Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. I'm there for you. I will help you. Then he said, The battle is not yours in verse 15, but it's mine. Hello? I can stop there. The battle's not yours, y'all. If you are a child of God, if you are a true child of God, God is telling you this morning, The battle's not yours. I've got you covered. I've got your front, I've got your back, I've got your top, I've got your bottom, I've got everything about you. You're covered. Everything, you're covered. I don't care whether it's sickness, I don't care whether it's financial, I don't care whether it's spiritual, I don't care relationship. Whatever you whatever your need is, God said, I've got you covered. Just trust in me. And Samuel, listen, little shepherd boy by the name of David, y'all know the story. He went to the front of the battle to bring his... Brother, some food. And he looked out over the field and he saw this one lone figure standing there intimidating God's army. One person intimidating God's army. Sometimes in our lives, it just takes one person to bring you fear. Hello? Or it takes one person to intimidate you. Or it takes one person to cause you problems. Or it takes one person to cause you to worry. Just one person. And then we try to go to our own resources. Instead of going to God, we try to go go to our own resources. And we try to handle our situation in God. And, and, And in 1 Samuel 17, verses 47, David says this to the giant. Well, you need to say this to your problem, to your mountain. Listen. He says... Then all of this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear or things that are physical. He's not going to save by your resources. He's not going to be saved by your power. He's going to be saved by God's power. He said by sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. I'm telling you this morning, God said the battle is his. Let him fight your battle. Somebody say amen. Just let him fight your battle. And I have done that. You can do that. I stand before you all. Listen to me, y'all. I stand before you heal, not because of what I've done. I can't heal me. And even doctors can't heal you. Medicine can't heal you. Only God can heal you. Not only that, don't don't quit taking your medicine. Don't be dummies. <laughs> Doctor gives you medicine, you take. I take medicine. But it's not the medicine that's sustaining me. It's God that's sustaining me. He's using the medicine. He's using the medicine. Hallelujah. And he says in numbers verse 17, he says, position yourself. Set yourself. I'm going to ask you this morning where is your position today? Where should your position be this morning. I'm telling you right now, we should be headed straight for the enemy's camp, and we should take our place on the front line, because God, I want to see what God can do. I want to watch and see what he can do in my life. I want to, just like the children of Israel, when they stood, they had the, 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 the Egyptians behind them, they had the mountain on the east side of them, and they had the Red Sea in front of them. What are we going to do? See, I'm saying this morning, you might have the Egyptians behind you. You might have the mountains on each side of you. And you might have the Red Sea in front of you. And I want you to say exactly what Moses said. Watch and see the salvation of the Lord when you put your trust in him. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. Watch and see what God can do. And that's what it is, stand still. Ephesians 6 says, after you have done all, after you have exhausted all of your resources, after you have done everything that you know how to do, after you have replenished everything that you know how to, how to work out, God says, stand and watch me work. And that's what we should have done. Remember when, when, when David came back from Ziklag? He and his army, he found everything that he owned, his wife, his children, every possession that he had was gone. All of his men, all of their possessions were gone. And what David did was go, he went and found a corner and he started crying, right? No, he went to the Lord. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? See, a lot of times when we get a headache, we'll run to the medicine cabinet and get a Tylenol. Or we get a toothache, we'll run to the medicine cabinet and get something for our teeth. I've come to find out the first thing that I do is I go to God. I said, Father, I've got a toothache or I've got a headache. I said, I need you to get rid of it because I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And I said, I can't, I can't fight this and fight my headache too. And before I know it, the headache's gone. Now, I haven't taken anything for it. He said, Well, I have to. All right. Well, then you have to. I have to go to God. That's the first place I'm going to go. is I'm going to go with Him. Now, I said, don't, don't do that. If you have to do that, you do that. I'm just telling you what I do. Try it. See if it doesn't work for you. Next time you get a headache, instead of going to the medicine cabinet and say, Father, I need you to get rid of this headache, watch what happens. Forget about it. Watch what happens. It's going to be gone. I should have preached on something else this morning. I know that, that about what we confess we possess. And he said, Watch God work and see the salvation of the Lord. Listen, miracles will begin to happen. It says in verse 17, Watch and see the salvation of the Lord. When we get beside ourselves and we start having anxiety, and we start worrying. Did you know that in the Bible, that worry is a sin? How many knew that? Why? When you're worrying, what's happening to you? You're not trusting God, exactly. You're not trusting God. Anxiety means the same thing. When we trust God, well, you don't know my circumstances. No, I probably don't. You don't know what I'm going through. No, I probably don't. But God does. Does God say in his word that I will meet all your need? Is that a lie? Then what's our problem? Hello? Then what's our problem? Either he will or he won't. Who is it left to? Whose choice is it? It's our choice whether to trust God or not. And when we see this, how miracles will happen. You, You see God working on your behalf, even right now. I guarantee you, God is doing something in your life if you just let him do it in your life. Too many times we'll reach into our pocket and we say, okay, God, you're not working fast enough. Here's my two cents worth. I need you to work a little faster. Do we do that? He says, yes. It says, no. He says, I don't care. But we do. We try to tell, tell God what, what, what he needs to do. And I can hear him saying what he said to Job. Where were you when I placed everything in the universe? And the last one. We need to face the enemy with confidence. He says, tomorrow go out against them. For the Lord is with you. Either he is or he's not. Hello? He is or not. And I'm not saying being cocky about it. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that we need to be confident. If you trust God's word, then we are confident that what God says is going to happen. This is yes. Amen? Everybody with me? Did I lose anybody? Okay. When we are confident in God's Word and we stand on God's Word and we trust God's Word, God said, I will, I will make that Word happen. How do I know? Listen, there are over 7,000 times in the Word of God that they're, 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 they're prophecies, they're, they're, they're promises, but they're prophetic scenes because God said them. And listen to me. One of the biggest things that he said is found in Isaiah chapter 45, 55, verse 11. And I want everybody to say, if you haven't got this, this underlined, I want you to underline this verse in your Bible. Isaiah 55, 11. Listen to what I'm saying. He says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. Listen, everybody look at me right now. Everybody. When you tell somebody something... Do you stand behind your word? Do you? I'm asking you. When you tell somebody something, do you stand behind your word? Don't you know this is exactly what God is saying? He says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. In the word, I will make it happen. I will make it happen. What do we have to do? Trust it. Stand on it. Be confident in it. Believe in it. Don't go by what you see. Don't go by what you hear. Don't go by what you feel. Go by what God says. Somebody say amen. When it shall accomplish what I I please, and it shall prosper in the things for which I have sent it. What do you mean? This is what I mean. You say God believes his word more than you do. I said God believes his word more than you do because when you don't believe your word, you can't stand behind your word. But God believes his word and he stands behind every word that he speaks. The things that way I've told you, don't be afraid. (coughs) Don't be dismayed. Because the battle is not yours, it's God. And then he says, I want you to position yourself, and I want you to watch me work. And that I want you to face your mountain, your enemy, with confidence. Because God will stand behind his word. Somebody say amen. 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 Shall we stand? Listen to me this morning. I guarantee you there's several of you in here this morning that's going through some type of battle. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But I want you to understand this that God, it says over in Romans 8 31, if God is for me, who can be against me? Who? Can Satan? No one. There's nothing, no thing, nobody that can go against God. Nothing. Only thing God asks you to do is this. Trust in His Word. If He has spoken it, He's going to make it come to pass. He said that more than one time. I just picked out, I love that verse of scripture out of Isaiah 55. He said, my word will never come back to me void. It was going to accomplish exactly what I've sent it to do. But see, you've got to stand on it. You've got to trust in it. You've got to believe in it. You've got to take hold of it. If you have a battle this morning, I'm telling you this morning, listen to me. I'm telling you, God can fight that battle for you, but you've got to let him. Get it out of your hands and give it to God. Get Get it out of your mind and give it to God. Let him fight it. Let him take care of it. And when you do, that mountain... As it says in Zechariah 4, 7, that mountain that you face, as a rubble face, that mountain that you face will become a plain completely. But you've got to let God fight that battle. I want you to bow your head. Now, I gave you this sermon this morning. If you're not a child of God, this sermon means nothing to you. You're on your own. What do you mean I'm on my own? That's exactly what I mean. If you don't belong to God, you're fighting your own battles. Only when you become a child of God will God fight the battles for you. if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I'm asking you, make it right this morning. Make it right. Because, see, God... Wants to fight your battles. He wants to take care of you. He wants to be your God. He wants to be your Lord and Savior. But again, that's your choice. You say, well, when I die, God won't send me to hell. Yeah, He will. He'll love you all the way to it. He loves you. He wants you to accept His Son, Jesus. But if you choose not to, that's your choice. You made a decision, not God. About you this morning, I want you to make a decision to find Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now, to those that are children of God, listen to me, this message was for you. And we're going to pray all all together. We're going to pray in a minute. And I want you to know that when you pray, I want you to trust God at His Word. Father, you said that your word would not return to you void. I stand on your word. Can you say amen to that? I want you all to pray with me and pray out loud. Say, Father, everybody, Father, I thank you that you allowed me to be in your house. Father, I have an obstacle before me. It's a mountain, and I need that mountain to become plain. Father I ask. In the name of Jesus. As I stand in agreement. With those that are in this house. And you said in your word. Where to agree. Concerning anything they ask. It will be done. By your father in heaven. Father I stand on your word. And you said. Your word. Will not return void. Father, I claim my mountain, my enemy, conquered in the name of Jesus. And the church said, now, look at me. Do you believe that? Somebody say amen. It's taken care of. How do I know that? God said it was. Because he said if we come to him as what? As little children. What do do little children do? They trust. They trust. Bethany, your children trust you? They do. Your children trust you. God wants you to trust Him at His Word. Can you say amen? Amen. Can you sing me a song? Go ahead.